from the nation's leading supply chain university program, we welcome you to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Supply Chain Research. Here are your hosts, Steve Tracy and Irv Grossman. So we're back for another episode of the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Irv Grossman with Steve Tracy here. Let's talk about the advances of supply chain technologies. They continue to transform business worldwide. Today, we dive deep into the latest tech advancements and trends shaping the supply chain industry, specifically innovations at Google Cloud. We're pleased to welcome Paul Natoli, Director of Supply Chain Logistics and Industry Solutions at Google Cloud, the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast. Hi, Paula, how are you today? Uh, doing great, Irv. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, it would be really helpful to start out is give us a little background um, about yourself and how you ended up at Google. Sure, sure. So so probably not unlike I know yourself and, and other folks who find their way back to uh, Penn State in some form or fashion. I'm a Pennsylvania native where I actually grew up in central Pennsylvania. And similar to all of my siblings, there are four of us. We all found our home at Penn State and, and three of us ended up in supply chain, by the way. So it's kind of funny. We're keeping it all in the family. But, you know, after after I graduated with a lovely B-Log degree back then, I, I found my way into the supply chain technology space. So while a lot of folks move into industry in some form or fashion, I actually started everything in my career moving into that intersection of technology and supply chain. So I started in consulting, implementing supply chain solutions out across many different companies and industries. And I did that for a couple of decades uh, before kind of finally determining there's probably something else out there I need to learn and experience. And I found my way over to Google Cloud in 2020. So it's going about um, coming up on three years now. The fun part about Google Cloud is you know, you think about it as this big tech behemoth, right? And and by the way, Irv, please don't ask me to fix your Gmail problems, right? I can't do that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I can't even fix my own problems sometimes. But you have this whole consumer side of Google that we all know, right? Gmail and YouTube and Google Maps and Waze and all of that stuff and search, of course. But there are these other organizations underneath the alphabet umbrella. And one of those is Google Cloud. And what we really aim to do is all of that cool technology that's powering everything in our consumer lives that we use and know from Google. Google Cloud is basically saying we want to take that same technology and enable it to enterprises to also use. So, of course, uh, there's a, a big play in the world of supply chain. So my area of focus is helping to take that great technology and drive use cases and business value using that technology within a supply chain arena. Kind of a great segue into, I guess, our first question, which is when you look at the landscape and you look at the challenges that all supply chain organizations are facing for a variety of different reasons, how do you see technology as being uh, a key part to addressing those challenges? I, I look at it, and, and honestly, this is Part of the reason why I came over to Google Cloud is, you know, being in the supply chain space for so long, I look at it and say, well, what do, you, what do we need to run the best supply chains? Number one, it comes to data. There's large, complex sets of data that we need to operate our supply chains. Number two, it's what do, what do you do with that data? 
right? I don't want to just have a big data warehouse. I actually want to drive insights out of that data. I want to inject levels of intelligence that are going to help me make better decisions. So we're going to sprinkle in some AI and ML in there. And number three is I got to do this at scale, right? The, the amount of data we have, the complexity of an end-tier supply chain, the connection points across all types of data coming into that and players within the network is so vast and you can't wait for days to, to run batch processes and, and gather your insights, right? Things are happening too quickly. So when we look at it through a lens at Google Cloud, that's kind of the way I view it is it's those three foundational elements. Inherently, Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally useful, right? And accessible. So we're a data company. Number two, we know a little bit about AI and ML, right? And number three, it's a scalable platform. So when we look at those three things together, Steve, I think that starts to present a way to turn that towards a supply chain problem, right? And, and target it in that capacity. So I think a lot of it's honestly going to start with data. So I, I guess now, that, you know, thinking about emerging technologies, you mentioned AI, ML, blockchain, IoT, you have all these kind of, I won't say the word alphabet, but there's an alphabet soup going on here. How do we make this relevant to the supply chain practitioner? Yeah, so I, I, I think the biggest thing is there, sometimes we all get caught up in tech. And if we take a step back, you know, it's funny, um, if you just look at how cloud in general has grown and evolved, if you historically go back, actually not even that long, right? We'd be talking to the CIO. It was a tech conversation, right? What's the back end? Let's talk about security. Let's talk about storage and infrastructure and all that stuff. And it became a technology conversation. The difference is, and how do you make that relevant? is to, to, to change the discussion and talk about the business value, the business problems, the use cases, and technology being an enabler. So in that case, or, you know, I look at it that we don't, we don't want to get hung up in necessarily the buzzwords that shy us away, you know, as a business practitioner. But if we look at it through the lens of a use case, and, and let's just take the easy prime one, demand forecasting. I don't want to talk about the underlying technology that says, okay, well, how many, what, what's your processing speed and how, how does the data get into the cloud and all that stuff? I don't care about that. What I care about is the value and then the, the opportunity to leverage AI and machine learning to take multiple data sets, historical sales, um, orders, inventory levels, out of stocks, pricing, promotions, events and blend that with what's what's up and coming in terms of promotion, blending it with consumer insights, uh, blending it with Google search trends, right? Or consumer level interests and changes and blend that together to produce the most accurate forecast you can come up with. So if we change the topic, and, and by the way, it's AI and ML that's powering that, right? So now we're talking about it in terms of a business context and the value to a practitioner who needs to generate that forecast versus necessarily the buzzwords themselves. One of the products that I think you just made earlier is route optimization. And I'm also thinking from a perspective, I think route optimizations, I, I do a lot of entrepreneur work here in, in Georgia. 
and we deal with uh, early stage companies who are trying to figure out how to basically do route deliveries on, you know, in, in, in the local market. And I think about enabling the, their organization. So tell me about how we were making route optimization A, smarter and B, more available to the, uh, to, to the market. Yeah, that, and that's a great topic there. You know, it's so interesting to see all of these startups coming in, particularly in the last mile delivery, right? You can get anything if you start looking at it through the lens of now the, the gig economy and things like that, of having anything and everything delivered to your home very quickly. And in order to do that, I, I, I've joked in the past, Irv, is that, you know, if, if you have a bicycle these days, you can call yourself a logistics provider, right? You're... <laughs> You're, you're, you're delivering logistic services. It's, it's, it's fabulous. Right. But it, in those cases, is that with the bice? Is that with the, is that with the baseball cards in the spoke or not? Absolutely with, right. Yeah. Cause you have to differentiate yourself from the other logistics providers. We're, we're all dating ourselves when we start talking about baseball cards and the spokes of a bike, you know, what are you going to talk about banana seats next? You know? Yeah, exactly. Love it. Love it. And, and so in, in that example, all of these organizations are popping up and finding those areas of opportunities for delivery within whatever market, whatever niche that they're, they're focused on. And to that point, as they grow, it's becoming a quick realization that the ability to optimize what those deliveries look like to reduce the time spent on the road, the miles driven, and, and frankly, the emissions into the environment, especially, well, maybe not on the bicycle, of course, but you know what I'm talking about. So that route optimization becomes critical. Through a Google lens, I assume you've used Google Maps. Of course, like every day. Yeah, exactly. I use, I use Waze. We're going to claim Waze as well. So, so we got both of those. So that's perfect. So both of those being uh, Google, Google applications designed to get you from point A to point B in the most optimal route deemed and, and frankly, targeted towards whatever your optimal decision means to be right. Fastest, fastest direction, least miles driven, and even now most sustainable can be a selection as well. So what I got very excited about in joining Google is we can take those same things, you know, the concept of geolocation and, and route optimization that we have in a consumer lens. Hey, that's kind of important in the world of enterprise logistics. Mm -hmm. Sure. So what we're doing there is we're blending the power of what you see in those consumer side of the house with, with Google Maps and Waze and combining it with the power of cloud and now offering that up to enterprise organizations to conduct that that routing. So if we look at it through an example of final mile delivery, and you, know, you have so many deliveries to do in a day, you have so many drivers, you have so many trucks, you have certain hours that can be driven, you have certain drivers that can maybe only operate certain vehicles, you have certain products that can only go on certain trucks. It's a big optimization problem. Yeah. So that's something that we actually launched last year. And you know, it's available as an API. So those very organizations that you're talking about, Irv, can actually just call that API through Google Cloud, get that level of optimization and go ahead and execute upon it. So we're finding ways to make it accessible to many different organizations and streamlined the ability to actually utilize it. What's that product offering called, Paula? 
Yeah. So there's actually two things there, Steve. What I just described is called our uh, cloud fleet routing API. And that's actually a piece of a broader last mile fleet solution because we actually have other offerings that do things like fleet tracking or address validation, right? If you're going to do that delivery, you want to validate that it's an actual address. Uh, So those types of offerings are actually available under that same umbrella. Can you share some, without obviously divulging any proprietary information, can you share some use cases where your um, AI and uh, machine learning technologies have actually really kind of revolutionized specific supply chain processes? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because there's actually so many different areas of applicability across the supply chain, right? We talked about demand forecasting. So that's, that's one area. Um, And we see a lot of organizations, particularly within retail and CPG doing some work there. So that makes a lot of sense. If we maybe turn attention a little bit more to the manufacturing process, there's a huge amount, and especially let's let's look at it through the lens of e-com jumping up like crazy, right? And the amount mm-hmm. of deliveries that are happening. There's some crazy number as to the number of returns actually occurring because of some type of damage or product defect. So if we can trace that back, we can actually leverage AI through a visual lens going into the manufacturing facility. So if I take an example of khaki pants, right? I'm a manufacturer in the apparel industry and I'm I'm creating khaki pants. The ability to leverage a visual inspection related AI. So now I'm I'm taking into account a level of video, but I'm using AI to be able to identify defects to those pants before they're leaving the manufacturing facility. So a broken zipper, a stain, a a pull in a belt loop. So there's another example of AI going into from a visual perspective mm-hmm. and being able to identify those types of challenges and catching them before they go. And, and frankly, we're decreasing the return and, and the miles driven and the emissions all over again because we're making sure that we're actually not even shipping something that's going to be returned. So, you know, a couple of examples there. Um, We talked about the route one and, you know, one other one to to give you uh, really gets into an area of um, predictive maintenance. With so many, let's say, trucks on the road, or we can look at it through rail um, or even machinery. The idea to be able to track all of the data associated with those levels of assets and be able to predict when something might go into a failure and actually pull it out and maintain that particular asset before it actually breaks down. So, you know, I I think there's so many different areas of opportunity where we can inject AI across the entire supply chain. And and that cuts across all industries. I guess with the rise of e-commerce changing the customer expectations, what is the role of real-time data play in Google Cloud solutions? So real-time gets interesting, right? Because everyone likes to say the term real-time. Um, you know, I, the way that I look at that Irv, is maybe not as much real time, but right time, right? Not everything needs to be real time. And sometimes again, maybe we get caught up in buzzwords, but you know, the Google cloud platform supports both streaming data. That would be a little bit more aligned towards what you're talking about there. Plus, you know, bigger loads of data. And so I think it all comes down to 
So first off, the applicability and the support is, of course, there from a technology perspective. I'd equate it back to the use cases and mapping the use case and the data associated with the value and the output that you're going to get from it, right? So it really depends upon the decision that's going to be made at any point in time. Streaming real-time data to update a, an order that needs to be placed or would have had to been placed two months ago overseas, right? I'm way within the lead time, probably doesn't make much sense. But streaming some level of real-time data that might equate to, um, maybe if I take an example of a new product introduction. I was recently speaking to an organization, it was a CPG company that launched a new product within some particular regions like two months ago. We actually went in and looked at Google search trends to see what areas and regions were actually searching for that product. And it was actually quite interesting. So let's assume as part of a new product launch, I'm in a constrained supply situation. If I now have the ability to make different allocation decisions coming out of a DC down to a regional DC to be able to stock where people might be actually looking for that new product, I can do that. So sometimes that type of data might be a little bit more uh, streaming or of course, anything in the, in the realm of track and trace and visibility and things of that nature. So I, I just look at it through the lens of matching the, the time, the quality of the data to the outcome and the decision that you can make with that data. I think about that uh, fashion retail. The decisions have to be made to two seasons ahead about what we're going to purchase. And a lot of that product is pre-allocated um, and defined what stores are going to go to. And you're, but basically the decisions that you could actually you know, put in from a technology perspective can actually postpone those decisions theoretically if you could actually physically execute to the point where we could actually get a little bit better supply demand matching and avoid the markdowns. So it's a very interesting business case that you just mentioned. Yep, exactly. And, and those, it's, it's a matter of where, when, and how, and what decisions can be made and, uh, and, and do it so to align towards whatever those signals are at that point in time. So again, Paula, without betraying any confidences, what are the uh, exciting developments going on there at Google that we could look forward to seeing in the maybe not too distant future? Uh, stuff that kind of gets you excited about coming in in the morning and talking to your clients about the potential for what could be happening in 2023, 24, 25? Yeah. So outside of all of these cool use cases that we all as supply chain people get excited about, um, I, I can't, I, I would be very remiss not to talk about generative AI to address the very question that you just asked, Steve. You know, over time, we've talked about AI. You know, we're, we're looking at these use cases that have been around for quite some time now, right? P people and organizations have been doing all of this. The introduction of generative AI opens up new frontiers, new doors, and this is an exciting area. So with the introduction of all of this to the market over really, let's say like the past six plus months, organizations are very much asking, you know, what does this mean to me? What does it mean to my workforce? What does it mean to my daily tasks? And how can I leverage it? So in the world of generative AI, you know, the big difference here is it's being trained on large language models. And then the output 
is generating something that hasn't existed before. So I, I play along. Google's consumer solution for this is called Bard. If you haven't yet taken a look, it's it's available out there for people to use. And one of the fun things that I've done with that, just you know, because we're supply chain geeky here, I wrote it a question to create a poem about supply chain, funny in the form of Shakespeare. And uh, I, I tell you what, it quite it quite hit the nail on the head. It was kind of funny, right? It got to the point of the, the I think the first two lines that it created was, you know, shall I compare thee to a supply chain? Thou art fair, but fickle and unkind. And, you know, all of us as supply chain, you, you can laugh, right? I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. But what it's actually doing is it's learned so much about supply chain, right? It's learned so much about Shakespeare and it has the sense to understand what the connotation of funny is, or you know, granted that could probably be a little subjective, but then it can come out with this and it's generating something new. It's not just analyzing things of the past. It's generating something new. Paul, I got to ask, do you have the poem handy and can you read it to us? I, I don't, I don't have it all in front of me, but I will get it to you. I will get it to you. Now, the funny thing about this herb is when I ask it a second time, it's different. It's slightly different. You got to remember it's generating something new. It's not coming back and being you know, uh, a level of descriptive of, okay, here, you asked me this, I'm going to give you why in return. It's generating something new. So I, I will get you the poem though. And for those who are not completely familiar with exactly what Paul is talking about, none of us are actually here. All of these voices are being created by the computer and artificial intelligence is conducting this podcast between what sounds like Irv Grossman, Paul and Napoleon, Steve Tracy, but we're actually at the cocktail bar having a drink. <laughs> My kind of AI. Um, but, but Steve, you bring up a great point on that too, is it's not just about text, right? It's multimodal. And when you do see these examples of a model learning music and the ability for it to then generate the continuation of that music, right? Or you ask it to uh, generate a picture that doesn't even exist, right? Those types of things in terms of multimodal uh, are, are there. Yeah, I've actually, uh, believe it or not, uh, a number of my colleagues in the academic community got very nervous when um, various forms of this technology became publicly available because they were worried about it being used for purposes that they didn't want it to be used with in academia. I've actually encouraged my students to try it because I think the, the world that we live in, um, technology is constantly evolving and not using something because you're afraid of it is not a good reason. And so I did find that a number of the students were reluctant. Some of them did try different forms and different versions for different applications. And, and the learning that they got from it was like, well, it's good, but maybe I could have done better, or maybe I could use this to enable me as a tool. So I've had some fun with it over the last year, and I'm going to continue to encourage my students to try and use it for different purposes as appropriate for the different things that we work on together. And that's some really valid points, Steve. And, you know, one, one point that I want to make, those examples that we all have, I'm going to go back to this consumer versus enterprise mm -hmm. discussion, right? We, we talked about maps and ways, but then we talked about cloud fleet routing and it's an enterprise level version of that. The same exact thing holds true in generative AI. So when you're testing out BARD, or um, the other solutions that are out on the market, that's a consumer level. That's you and I going in and saying, write me a poem or, or you know, help me with my resume or create a blog that does X, Y, and Z. For organizations, 
in the enterprise world to actually leverage generative AI, you can't use the same solutions, right? You've seen in the headlines, uh, organizations that have blocked access to the consumer side because intellectual property and trade secrets have been leaked out because it's a broad community. So when companies look to take advantage of generative AI, they have to look at it through an enterprise lens. Now, I mentioned BARD at Google. That's our consumer level. But there's a corresponding level called Vertex AI that is our platform that puts that new level of ensuring your data is your data, right? It puts the safeguards on it where you're not sharing that data that you want to use internally amongst everybody else. That's the one word of caution I would have for organizations is to make sure when you're finding those use cases to apply generative AI internally, make sure it's being done through an enterprise lens. Well, Paula, it's been a pleasure for Irv and I to host you here at the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast. And of course, you know, it's always nice to get together with uh, fellow alums and chat about things and also learn about new technologies. Do you have any final thoughts or words for our audience um, before you go? I can always have some final thoughts and final words. Two things. I'm going to reiterate what, what you said earlier. You can't be scared of the technology. The technology is here. Those who embrace it are going to win. Those who kind of fear it wait to have it play out are going to be the laggards. So embrace it, learn it, find the right levels of applicability because it is going to change not only our daily lives, but of course, from a professional perspective as well. And the second thing that I would mention with that is start somewhere. I think all too often we all get these big grandiose visions. This is where I want to go. And you overanalyze And you're going to spend so much time trying to figure out the big picture, you're not going to move the needle. So find something small, get started with it, learn from it, fine tune it, see some value, and then grow. Paula, a whole lot to learn here for supply chain practitioners. And again, so glad you're out in front of it. Paula Natoli with with Google's Cloud Supply Chain and Logistics Industry Solutions Group. So thank you so much for being part of this today's podcast. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Supply Chain Research at Penn State. For information about our sponsorship opportunities, research needs, and professional development offerings, please visit smeal.psu.edu forward slash CSCR.